has been educating and inspiring individuals, entrepreneurs, and leaders for decades. He's helped millions of people to move past the mental barriers that were holding them back from stepping to their power to become a better version of themselves and live a kick-ass life. I know this firsthand as I'm Jenny, Dan's wife. And here's your host, Dan Locke. On today's show, Dan is joined by legendary podcaster, best-selling author, and media sensation, Lewis Howes. Dan and Lewis break down the trajectory of Lewis's career, his biggest turning points, and pivotal moments that got him to where he is today. Now, here's Dan and Lewis. Welcome to another episode of the Dan Lok Show. Today, I'm super excited. I have a friend of mine, New York Times best-selling author. You probably already know him. Maybe you listen to his podcast if you're an entrepreneur, right? Uh, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Super proud. And he's most famous, known for his show, the podcast I'm a fan of, The School of Greatness. Over 100 million downloads now. Yeah, 100 million, million, million downloads. So welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Lock it. and load, baby. Lock and load. Lock it, lock it down. You lock it down. So share with us a little bit about your journey. Uh-huh. Maybe give us like a three, five minutes of sure. how you got into entrepreneurship. I, uh, I wanted to be a professional athlete since I was probably five or six years old. Mm. I always dreamed about sports. Mm. That was a thing that my, my dad admired. We mm. watched TV together, college football, and he was always so excited about these all-American athletes. Like so someday, I, yeah, son, you want to be that. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to be an all-American athlete. <laughs> yes. So my goal was to be an all-American athlete mm. and then to be a pro athlete, mm. and I accomplished both those things, and I didn't have a backup plan mm. after that. Okay. My life went until pro sports, and that's as far as I could dream. Mm. So when the dream was over, I got injured playing football, yeah. and when the dream was over, I also went through a very um, challenging experience with my dad. My dad, right before I went to play pro football, mm. had a traumatic brain injury. And it's something that I actually don't talk about a lot. Mm. He had a traumatic brain injury. And he always told me, you know, go chase your dream. And when you're done, you can come sell insurance with me. He had like a life insurance company. Mm. And I remember I got, it was with Northwestern Mutual. So he had his own like division mm. in, a, in the city. Mm. <clears throat> kind of like you can take over the business. Kind he was of like, thing. come yeah. take over my book, mm. you know, work mm. with my clients, clients yeah. everything. Yeah. So I remember going to do the internship. I did my, I can't remember what the, li- the test was, but it wasn't Series 7, but it was like mm. the life insurance test. Yes. And you can only take it three times before you have to wait like a year or two years to, okay. to do it again. And I failed twice. Okay. So uh, if, for me, test taking was the worst thing. Yes. I would get nervous. Yes. It's hard for me to remember things from a book. Yes. It was like, I don't know. I learned with my hands. I learned from playing sports. Mm. So I remember I, I passed it on the third try, barely, barely passed. Okay. So I had this like backup plan, I guess. Yeah. It wasn't something I wanted to do. Yeah. So my dad gets injured. He had in a car accident and was in a coma for three months. Wow. And we didn't know if he was going to live or die. Yeah. So it was this very uncertain time. And when he was in the coma, mm. I said, you know, what would he want me to do? He'd mm. want me to go live my dreams. And so I went after playing professional football <clears throat> right after that. And he eventually woke up, but we had to teach him how to write, how to talk, how to, you know, we had to, you know, change him constantly. Mm. Like he mm. wasn't a f- wasn't functioning the same. person that he used to be. He wasn't my dad anymore. Yeah. So it was an emotionally... Um, challenging experience because I lost the relationship with my father but he's still in front of me yeah I had to teach him how he was like a kid almost yeah 
and so to watch my father be this you know provider larger than life hero of mine yeah now i have to t- we have to take care of him yeah. it was a challenging experience for me as a 23 year old mm. and i remember so his he had to sell his business uh to his business partner at the time so there was no more financial support that I had because he was kind of funding my athletic endeavors, mm. training, education, stuff, everything. Mm. He was like, you go chase your dream. Like, I'll take care of stuff. Mm. So when that was, when that realization came to me, like, I no longer have my dad to fall back on. Mm. I no longer have, I played football, got injured. Mm. He wasn't there for me. He wasn't able to be there for me financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, as a mentor. He wasn't able to be there for me. Yeah. And I didn't have his company to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Nor did I really want to. I mean, mm-hmm. I almost failed it three times in a row. I, I didn't really like it. Yes. I yes. liked people, but I didn't yes. want to sell insurance. Yes. Just what he knew for 33 years. And that was probably the biggest thing that happened to me. Because if he was still healthy and alive. Then you might be just to go the insurance business. Sell life insurance in Delaware, Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, and be mm-hmm. rising up in mm-hmm. that city or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'd have moved to the big city of Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But I... So I, it's, it's much as it's sad for me to, to know that he's still alive, but it's like a completely different relationship. Mm. And it's sad for me to know that happened. But I also think it had to happen for me to be able to become the man that I am today. Yeah. And to have the, the courage to be able to go after something that I didn't even know was possible. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, I was on my sister's couch after this accident for about a year and a half trying to figure out who I am in the world. You know, who am I without this identity as an athlete? Mm-hmm. You know, everyone liked me. Like, who's Lewis House, right? Yeah. But now I got 2.0. Yeah. But now yeah. that I can't do this, mm-hmm. what are my skills? What are my talents? Yeah. I'd, Life direction. I had seven years of college. It took me to graduate. Like, I wasn't skilled at mm. anything but sports mm. and people. I learned how to, at an early age, observe people. Yes. And I became very intuitive yes. about how people think, yes. why they do the things they yes. do. Yes. And I started to be aware uh, and sensitive and very emotional to people's feelings, their desires, their dreams, their past, their everything. Mm. I didn't know that was a skill Mm. that I could use for, you know, my greater good and the greater good of everything. Uh, And I started to find mentors, and this is going on more than three minutes, but I started to find mentors during that time because my dad was my mentor. Now Mm. that he was no longer able to be there. You're looking for a new mentor. I was like, who's the father Mm. figure that I I can find? You can look up to, you respect, yeah. And I needed to find many of them because he was, uh, you know, a great mentor in all areas of my life. So I had three key mentors that... Mm. Who are the mentors? So the first mentor was a guy named Chris Hawker. So... When I got a, when I had surgery, I broke my wrist, and they had to put a bone from my hip into my mm, wrist. I can see, see a scar, see yeah. scar here. Mm. They took a bone out of my hip, put it in my wrist. I was in a cast from my shoulder to my fingers for six months like this. Wow. So I was in this position. And when you're in a cast like this, I could move it here, I could move it here, I could move it here, but I couldn't straighten my arm. So I kind of rested, and it would, like, scratch my shirt. When I was shirtless, it would, like, scratch my skin. Mm. It smelled. It was dirty. All these things. Mm. I was like, it didn't look good. Mm. So I invented this cast cover. I actually still have one. I'll, I'll, wow. I think it's in that locker. Yes. 
Um, we'll take a shot of that. It's yeah, cool. This is over mm -hmm. 15 years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. I invented this cast cover that I actually went on Alibaba.com. I had like 60 bucks to my name. I was like, here's what I want. Here's the design. I want it to be like a wristband because I wore wristbands in football. Yeah. I was like, I need a long wristband. Yes. That's double thickness. Yes. That's different colors. That has a thumb hole. Like all these you were just thinking of doing it for yourself, that's right? That's it. I okay. just wanted the solution. You weren't thinking of creating a product. I mean, no, okay. I was like, I need a solution for my pain. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that was it. Okay. That's my first entrepreneurial idea. Yes. But I didn't know what it, what it was. Yes. So I got this thing back from China that was like six weeks later after I sent it, wired this money. I was like, I'm never going to get this money back. Yes. I had no clue yeah. what was going yes. on. Were you, was, was it difficult communicating with, with China? Very difficult. Oh, yeah, I'm the language. Yeah. Back and forth. They don't yeah. understand and try to understand what they say. I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I but I went on Alibaba and, you know, posted something. It's, yes. Yeah. And I got this box back with all these, these cast covers, right, yes. that I made. And I remember saying to myself, wow, this thing is amazing. It's, I could change them out with different colors. Yeah. Uh, you know, it fits over the thumb hole. It looks better. Now, how do I, maybe I can make some money with this. Yeah. Wonder who else needs this, right? Yes. yes. There's yeah. lots of guys who break their arm and <laughs> yeah. leg. There's got to be a few of them, <laughs> more than you. Yeah, okay. So I remember I was dating a girl at the time, and I was just like, I need to meet an inventor. Wow. Someone who can sh who's done this before that mm -hmm. can help me. Yes. Yeah. This is an invention, right? Yes. You know, it's just a piece of cloth. Yes. And she goes, I know an inventor. Oh, wow. And he just moved back to Columbus, Ohio. That's where okay. I was living at the time. He just okay. moved back. Okay. And I go, I need to meet this guy now. Okay. Like, put me in front of him, call him. I need to meet him now. Okay. I meet the guy the next day. And you know, at the time, I was a couple months out of football. Okay. And as a football player, I was looked like pretty much like a thug. I was wearing a backwards cap. I had baggy pants. I had like... I was just this athlete jock mentality. Yes, so I yes, show yes, up with yes. these baggy pants and backwards cap to a bar to meet this guy yes. in this cast. And I was just like so passionate yes. about this idea. Was he scared of you? Like, he what's uh, Yeah, I can so imagine. Yeah, a little I was, intimidating. I was rough around the edges, yes, you know. Yes, yes. And he, I, I was just like convinced this guy knew the answer. Yes. Because he'd done it before. Yes. He may, be, he may be afraid to say no to you. <laughs> exactly. He's complete opposite of me. You know, he was more like nice. analytical and nerd, you know, God, nerdy. nerdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just yes. like, but I brought this passion and this energy that I was just like, I nice. need to make this happen. Yes. And I want to work with you. I want to make this happen. For so, I don't know why, but he brought me on for six months. I worked in the, uh, for free for him for six months at his invention shop. Wow. In the kitchen, he had a closet that yeah. I had like a little desk that he put in for me. Yeah. And I was working for him, doing phone calls, trying to like promote his other products, yeah. going to trade shows with him and just learning about yeah. how to take an idea and bring it to reality. Wow. So how do you make the idea something that is marketable? Yes. How do you brand it? Yes. How do you design it? 3D model, yes. everything. Yeah. Patent. Yeah, Patent it. Yeah. So I learned this crash course on mm. bringing an idea into life mm. from idea to concept to prototype mm. to the marketplace mm. and that was probably some of the best education I ever had mm. because I just had an idea for this solution of a pain that I had mm. so he was a great mentor at the time for me that taught me everything about you know naming he had over 85 products he brought to market so he was mm. always like let's brainstorm the name of this the concept mm. the message the right? messaging before you even invent everything. anything yeah so he taught me so much in a short amount of time about how to bring an idea to life and make mm. it uh, successful nice 
I remember being so afraid to speak in front of people at the time. Mm. I couldn't speak in front of an audience of five without trembling, stuttering, mm. very insecure. Mm. Even though you're a pro athlete, like, you know, you Even have the presence, you have the presence. One, yeah. yeah, but I was horrible in school. Communication. Horrible in school. The teacher would always ask us, say, open up chapter, whatever, page 53, read, yeah. and read aloud to the class. Oh. And I would just wish they wouldn't call my name. Yes. But they always like, 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 don't, like, don't call me, yeah? But when I tell you that I was, <clears throat> Such a slow reader. It was mm. just I couldn't even read the simplest things, and I would stutter. So mm. I just always felt like everyone was laughing at me. Mm. I always felt like everyone was laughing at yes. me all the time when yep. I would read aloud. Yes. So the, that kind of conditioned you. You don't. You don't want to speak. You don't I want to talk. be in front of an audience. Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm playing a sport, something I'm comfortable in. And you don't have to speak. That's the way I. Can it's, it's all physique, right? That's yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. Because I could inspire people through my my way of being, mm. my performance. Mm. Mm. So I was always very insecure around speaking in front of other people. And, right. I, and I remember someone told me at some point, if you really want to change the world, you need to learn how to communicate yeah. in front of an audience. Yeah. Whether it's a boardroom of people yeah. trying to share you know, your message with the company, one-on-one, one -on -one, mm -hmm. or if you want to move a society, you need to be able to communicate yeah. with confidence. Yes. And I don't know whatever it was, the reason, I think I was willing to explore all the areas of my life that I was not good at at the time. Yeah. Because my dad wasn't around, I had no money. Yeah. I was sleeping on my it, it sounds couch. to me almost you trying to find yourself. We're trying to, yeah. and I was like, "What can yeah. I do yeah. to improve my life?" Yeah. So I joined Toastmasters. Oh yeah. Do you oh, do Toastmasters? oh yeah. Yeah. You, you'll be shocked. Like everything you share. Uh, you okay. got it. <laughs> no, so my, okay. My my dad uh, went bankrupt when I was 17 years old. Wow. So I had to. You had to figure it out. Exactly like that. Back against the wall, there's yeah. no one to and then my, you up. Yeah, and then my mom, uh, they got divorced, so it was just me and my mom. So I got into business because I needed to take care of my mom, Yeah. right? Uh, and what changed me, and another turning point was when my dad had a stroke, mm. and was in hospital for, for months. And same, couldn't speak, yeah. couldn't, like the man that I knew, that I looked up to father figure, and that's why I look for other mentors. Like, wow, very similar. Yeah, very, yeah. very similar. So at Toastmasters, because yeah. I couldn't speak a word of English, I got bowling school, no friends. Wow. So I had to learn Toastmasters, right? And Powerful, then, man. Yeah, so I'm like... Game changer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so from Toastmasters, and then what happened? Yeah, it's funny. I met someone, I was, so I was afraid to dance as well. Yes. So before Toastmasters, I started going to a salsa club. Oh, yes. Every week. Yes. And I was terrified of my image. Really, my image was always... At stake. I didn't. Want, I was scared of people's opinions about. Me. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Yeah. So dancing in front of people, I'd get made fun of because it wasn't good. Yeah, Speaking and also you're a big guy. Like big it's guy, not. It's not easy, right? It's when you're dancing at salsa, yeah. not easy to be yeah. to become the white butterfly of the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would go for month after month to watch these people dance. Yes. And I would never get on the dance floor. <laughs> Just terrified. Yes. Girls would ask me to dance, and I'd yeah. say, no, I don't want to make you look bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just sit in the corner and be mesmerized by these Latinos just like twirling girls around. Yeah, they're doing that, like, yeah. They're unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I got over the fear, and I went on the dance floor for the first time. I was trembling. I was looking down at my feet. I was embarrassed. Mm. It's like everyone's laughing at me. And I looked up after 10 minutes, and no one cared. Mm. No one cared what I looked like, they how just, bad I was. Yeah. They were doing their own thing. Yeah. And that was a big turning point for me because I mm. looked around and everyone was like having fun doing their thing. Mm. No one stopped to look at me, mm. to be like, what an idiot. Mm. No one said that mm. to me. They're yes. all like, great job, you got yeah, out there. Good, yeah. That was the moment I said like, I'm gonna overcome all my fears and insecurities of what people think about me mm. and I'm just gonna do it. Mm. And so I started salsa dancing every day religiously for the next three and a half months mm. until I got to a point of 
semi-mastery where yes. I wasn't afraid. Yes, right? yes. proficient. Proficient. Mm -hmm. Then I met a salsa dancer um, one of these nights, and I was like, what do you do for you know, a living? And he was <clears> like, I'm a professional speaker. I speak around the country. Oh, wow. And I go, you get paid to just speak? Yeah. He goes, yeah, it's a yeah. full-time. There is such a thing? Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. He's like, I go to colleges, I speak at corporations, and I was like, man. I want to learn how you got into that. Mm. He's like, let's go have coffee tomorrow. I'll take you to coffee. Mm. I went to Barnes & Noble, Starbucks, right in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I said, what do I need to do? He said, you need to join a Toastmasters. Mm. And I said, okay, done. done. Next week, I went to five Toastmasters in my city because yes. I wanted to research which was the most challenging one for me. Yes, yes. I finally went to one that was, everyone was in suits. There was like professionals. Oh like, man, that's exactly what I did. They were like, that's exactly. I, yeah, authors, yeah. I, was like, I went to business, yeah, right? Toastmasters. I had a cutoff t-shirt yes. on because I had this huge cast. Yes. And uh, these guys are all in suits, and I'm watching them and mesmerized. Yes, yeah, I'm so you're scared. a young guy, right? This is where I need to be. Yes, and I went there every week for a year. Damn, every single week, and I met a guy at Toastmasters yes. who became my next mentor. Got it. I saw one of the first ones I went to. He was presenting, and I was just so amazed by his charisma, his confidence. His, what if I could do that? Right. Said, what if I could be like that? Yeah. You know, model that. Yeah. And I asked him, this is so funny, the story, he tells the story. At the time I had no money and there was like a little bit of like bread and like hummus and chips and uh, carrots in the back of this Toastmasters. Room. Oh yes, 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 the like for the guests. Yeah, it was like a special day or something. Yeah. And I, he speaks and at the end of the day, I'm literally like this bum that is oh, collecting no. all the food and uh, putting it in my pockets. Oh, wow. I'm putting like bread, wrapping it, and the guy comes up to me, he goes, what are you doing? I was like, I don't have any money, I don't have any food. <clears throat> I'm a big guy. And he goes, I'm gonna take you to lunch right now. Okay. And so he took me, he paid for lunch. Wow. He became a mentor of mine, his name's Frank Agan. Yeah. And um, he was like, I'm gonna help you. Like, I love your path, I love that you're here, mm -hmm. you're showing up, yeah. and because you're showing up, I wanna show up for you. Yeah. And so I would train with him, I would record my speeches, they were horrible. Yeah. I used to think a five minute speech was five hours. Yeah. I used to feel like this was forever. Yes. You know, the first speech was called The oh. Icebreak. Oh yeah. I was like, what am I gonna talk about for five minutes? Yes. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> yes. Now you can't get on stage for five hours yeah, yeah, yeah. and have enough time, it's like. That's it. Um, so he was my second mentor, and he also helped me write my first book, which, mm. is, called, uh, which is a book about LinkedIn, because I was mm. using LinkedIn to build relationships at that time. Actually, I bought your LinkedIn course back then. I like it, man. Linked working. Yeah. Linked influence. Yeah. Uh, so I bought the course. <clears throat> that's good, man. Yeah. So during this time, I was just like trying to learn as much as I could. Mm. I was on LinkedIn all day. I was doing public speaking. Were you trying to go on LinkedIn also to get speaking gigs, to get learning how to do that? At the beginning, I was just trying to get on there to find opportunities. Okay. Something. Because my third mentor. Yeah told me to go on LinkedIn. Okay, got it. So my third mentor was a uh, headmaster of the university that I went to called Principia College. And um, he was an Olympic qualifier in the, in the marathon. Mm. He was just like a great spiritual business leader for me. Mm. He just always had the right moral. Mm. He just always knew like, which direction you should go in. Mm. I could go to him for advice and he would just, he was kind of like a sensei where he would never give me the answer. Yeah, ask you questions ask and give me, me to you ponder and think. Yeah, you know that, I mean? That's a great teacher right great there. Great teacher. That's a great teacher, yeah. That's he would awesome. just kind of wait for me to like know the answer, you know, yeah. it was. Nice. And he, I remember calling him and saying, I'm broke, I don't know what to do. I'm getting food out of the back of a Toastmasters. Like yeah. people have to, have to beg people to take me to lunch. Mm. And he said, you should join LinkedIn. And at the time, I think there were 14 million people on LinkedIn. Oh, this wow. This was 2007. Yes, early, early on. 
And he's like, I've heard some people are getting jobs there. Why don't you check it out? Yeah. So I said, all right. I'm going to get you a tell job. Me, yeah. Do, whatever you tell yeah. me to do. So I'm spending six hours a day on LinkedIn for the next year and a half during this time. Just reaching out to people, trying to connect with local leaders in Columbus, Ohio, business leaders, successful people, just anyone. Yeah. From sports background of business to whatever it may be. Anywhere I could find like a, a, a tie where I went to school with or they went to the same school or they like football, anything at all. I was like, what do we have in common that I could reach out and connect to people? Mm. After about a year of building my relationships and profile, people just started coming to me and saying, hey, mm. can you introduce me to this person? How do you know that person? I need help here. Can you connect me to a sales mm. rep or a marketing mm. rep? Yeah. I just started to become the connector. Mm. Then people were like, can you show me how to use LinkedIn the way you're doing it? Yes. And I started showing my friends. Yes. And one guy gave me $100 after I showed him. He goes, you have no idea this is going to help my business so much. Yes. And I go, this is a thing I can make money yes. teaching yes. what I already know really well. Yes. And that was a big spark for me. I was like, okay, I can make money doing this. Yes. Started doing events around LinkedIn, around the country. Then one of my mentors was like, let's write a book together about LinkedIn. Okay. The speaking coach mentor yeah. who had written a book. He's like, I'm going to help you write your first book. Yeah. So we shared that together. Yes. When did you have your when did you have your first break in business? You felt like okay, because this this was a long time. It was summer of 2009. Okay. It was this time ten years ago. Okay. So, this was from 2007 until 2009. Yes. Of me having three mentors, public speaking training every week for yeah. a year. Yes. Salsa dancing training. Yes. Um, learning to write my first book. Mm. Building on LinkedIn every day. Building relationships. Day, yeah. Going to meet and mm. just like. Learning as much as I can about myself. Mm. Two years of this, while recovering with a cast on, rehab, training, everything. <clears throat> and I started to build like a, a kind of a name and a personal brand around being like this LinkedIn guy. Mm. Twitter was becoming big in 2007, mm. 2008. Yep. So yep. I was going to tweet ups and promoting myself as yep. like a LinkedIn guy. Yep. And one day I went to an event. It's called Affiliate Summit. In, oh, you know for the summit? Uh, yeah. 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 So I was hosting a LinkedIn networking event in Cleveland, Ohio, yes. and a guy who came, his name's Jim Kukrell, who's a marketing guy, he said, "You need He's like, "How are you doing all this yeah. from LinkedIn? How do you get 500 people to show up here yeah. from just LinkedIn?" Yeah. He's like, "You need to come to this conference called Affiliate Summit." Yes. And I was like, "Well, I don't have any money to like get to Vegas. Yes. I can't pay for the ticket." He goes, "I know the event uh Organizer, yeah. Like, I'm gonna get you a press pass. So yeah. You can get a free ticket if you like write a post about this yeah. in your blog. Yeah. You just gotta get yourself there. Mm. So I think I got like a $39 flight on Southwest, oh, like wow. middle back seat. Yeah. I got the free ticket. I yeah. went there. Yeah. In the first hour, there was a kind of a networking session. Yes. People had tables. Yes. And I went up to my friend who told me about the event. He had a little booth. Yes. And within five minutes, this guy named Joel Calm mm. walked up, and I knew who he was at the time because he was yes. a New York Times bestseller. He, he was back then, uh, I think, focused on Essence, right, Joel? Ads, yes, Essence. Essence. Yeah, Essence, Essence book. Yeah. He had one of the biggest I, uh, iPhone apps at the time called iFart. <laughs> when the apps uh, came out in the yeah. app store, yeah. he was making so much money on this farting app yeah. that was like, you push a button, it makes a fart sound. Yeah. He crushed it. Yeah. So he had this kind of big persona yeah. at the time yeah. in that space. Yeah. I remember he came up and I was really nervous. Yeah. And um, my friend Jim, who introduced me, or who, who was there, he said, this is Lewis Howes, the LinkedIn guy. You got to know him. Yes. To, to, to Joel. Joel. Yeah. And Joel looks at me and he goes, tell me why I need to know about LinkedIn yeah. in 30 seconds. Yeah. 
I don't even remember what I said. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I just had this like energy and passion. Yeah. I was like, LinkedIn's amazing. Here's what I can do, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, cool. And I didn't hear from him after that. Okay. Six months later, yeah. he messages me, okay. he emails me, yeah. and says, I'm doing this social media boot camp online, like this yeah. webinar series. Yes. I've got the person on Facebook to talk, I've got the person on YouTube. I'm doing Doesn't a session have a on LinkedIn, Twitter. LinkedIn I don't know anyone else who's talking about LinkedIn. This okay. is still 2009. Yes. No one cared about LinkedIn. Yes. He's like, no one else is talking about it but you. Yes. Do you want to come on? And I said, yes, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. I had never done a webinar, a presentation still. I yeah. was like early stages of yeah, uh, public speaking. Yes, I was yes. not a pro. Yes. But I said, I'll do it. I watched the other people beforehand. I kind of just mimicked their presentation. Yes. Put my own kind of the flow, there. the structure. Everything. Yeah. I was so nervous. This was in the summer in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. I'm living at my brother's house now. My sister kicked me out. Yeah. Because I, I know you were sitting, you were living in her couch. I was on her couch for yeah. a year and a half. And then yeah. she said, you, you got to start paying rent or you got to move. Yeah. So she empowered me to like get off my butt. Yeah. Meaning she kicked you out. Kicked me out. <laughs> she empowered you. Love, yeah. Love. Yeah. And uh, I begged my brother to take me in. So he made me pay $250 a month for a room in his house. Yeah which was great for me because yeah. it made me have more responsibility. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> so I'm in his place. I'm about to start this webinar. I'm freaking out. It's so humid. So like a virtual summit, basically. It's like right? an online yeah, webinar, yeah, got a virtual it. summit. Got they it. can't see me, but they can hear me. And got it, got it, got it, got it. And the webinar starts. I'm talking. It probably takes me 30 minutes to actually say something coherent. Because yeah. Joel, at about 30 minutes in, he's like, okay, let's start getting into some content. Yeah. I must have been rambling. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I just like blacked out and started delivering the, the most incredible value of my life. Yeah. And at the end, I didn't have a product. I didn't have well, it wasn't. Course. You have an offer, yeah. I didn't have anything, but yeah. I said, hey, guys, here's a PayPal link. If you like this, Here's a link. In a couple of weeks, I'll send you an email and we'll do some more advanced training on this. Yes. What it looks like, don't know how many I weeks. No, no idea what this is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I love it. But if you like this stuff, like. Yeah. You like, you want more. Yeah. You want more, I'm going to teach you stuff. Like, you'll get an email in a few weeks from me. <laughs> just trust me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to send you something. Yeah. I had no clue what I was going to do. Yeah. But I just told them that's what I was going to do. Yeah. Webinar completes. Um, I opened my email and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Every line said, you received payment. Yes. You received How much payment. were you offering the course for? Was it a couple hundred bucks? 197 yeah. I think it was at that yeah. time. Yeah. And so I made $6,200. I was in my PayPal account instantly. Yeah. That, that, did that freak you out? Like, it's the most money I've ever seen in my life, yeah. let alone made. Yeah. And I thought I was the richest person in the world. <laughs> yeah. But it's something that unlocked me. So this was 10 years ago, literally probably maybe 10 years and a month ago, yeah. where... It showed me what was possible. Mm. Like for two years of training on this skill set, of learning, of developing myself. Now I found something that people needed, mm. another pain. Mm. They wanted to learn how to use LinkedIn to mm. grow their business mm. or get a job. Mm -hmm. I had a skill set mm -hmm. that I wasn't even aware of. And people wanted it and they were willing to pay for it. And that was my first kind of <clears throat> first kind of big break into realizing, okay. I could do this every day for the rest of my life. I want to make six hundred dollars an hour. Yes, and if you, this is the first time you do it, maybe if you tweak it, improve it. At this. Yeah, yeah. I was hacked this webinar together. I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah. So I've been doing webinars for ten years now. Wow. Yeah.
it's amazing you share your story because people look at w what you do today, right? Mm. Lewis House today on TV, right? Mm. Your book and you show 100 million downloads. They would think, oh, it's easy for, right. for you to do because, you know, you're, you're good looking, you're articulate and, you know, yeah. <laughs> right, right? You think, oh, you know, you know, oh, easy, you know, it's, it's all of that. But look at this journey, how long of a struggle that yeah. was. For, forget just achieving that little bit of success, but through this learning, finding yourself, building your confidence, yeah. finding mentors. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, let's see if this is right. People see the success you have and want to talk about the podcast too. Because a lot of people think they, they got in the podcast for the wrong reasons. Mm. You, you know what I mean? You like, make you want to make money. Oh, I, I, I've done two interviews. Like, how come like, I, I'm yeah. not generating leads? Yeah. How did you get into the podcast? So I moved to, so I, so once I started doing the webinar, I started doing that pretty much every week with another business partner of mine yeah. that, I, that I found in Columbus. We started partnering on them for about three, four years. Three, four years we were just doing them and it kind of took off. Mm -hmm. So from that first one to the rest of the year, we generated in sales half a million dollars, mm -hmm. right around half a million dollars mm -hmm. in six months. Mm -hmm. Because you were consistent. I just did it every week. I just said, let's keep doing this. Mm. Keep doing this. And mm. I was using LinkedIn to promote my webinars mm. to get people on. Mm. So I just kept doing that. What, then, what were you um, promoting back then? Like, what's the so cool product? It was like a, a LinkedIn course. LinkedIn yeah, course, so okay. That so did a, okay, so and podcast. Like a, and then we created a $1,000 offer that was more of a, a general social media, how to get traffic, leads, and sales Got using... It. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Okay, so podcast, LinkedIn. I didn't have the podcast yet. Okay, okay. so just got just that. Just like LinkedIn, webinar, so got it. That's it. Got it. Webinars, LinkedIn, and then a course. Mm. That was it. Mm. I was doing some events, but I wasn't really making that much money, mm. you know, a little bit, a few hundred bucks. Or yeah. And I had that LinkedIn book, but that's not really making money. Mm. Then we created a thousand dollar course that started to do well. Then other people started to promote us. Mm. And they were like, hey, will you promote my course? Mm -hmm. And we'll give you 50%. So mm -hmm. I learned about affiliate, affiliate marketing at that time too. And I started yeah. to make a lot of money promoting other people. Yes. So this was uh, how, what, what year? 2010, 2010, 2011. Okay. Started winning affiliate contests, being in the top 10. Mm. And then I learned about masterminds. And mm. that's when everything shifted. Mm. I went to my first mastermind yeah. six months after my first webinar. Yes. Because I was in the top 10 for this thing with uh, Ryan Dice and yep. Perry Belcher. And I remember yep. going to their masterminds. Yes. And I met, first I learned a ton, a lot of stuff that I had no clue about. Yep. But I also met five people that became affiliates in the next 30 days. Mm. And we did 250,000 in sales mm. in 30 days mm. after that mastermind. Yes. So six months, did half a million, 30 days later, boom, 250, and I go, wow. Relationships, yep. Masterminds, yeah, being a part of these. Mm. And I know you've got your own masterminds yep. and high level coaching. Yep. It's like everyone needs to be a part of your group if they're yep. not yet because of the power of that the community, yeah, the collective mind, the relationships, the opportunities. It's hard to beat that, yeah, it's really hard to beat that. Yeah. And also, expands your contacts so much, right? Because I bet you folks in the LinkedIn webinar, you may not be aware of these other I models, no right? Clue about anything else. Yeah, no clue. So, yeah. I started to learn so much, yeah. connect with people, and <clears throat> That went on for a couple of years. We had a nice run. My business partner and I had different visions. I wanted to go more mainstream. Yeah. He wanted to keep in the internet marketing. He was making lots of money. But yeah. I saw that as a, for me, 
I, I got really tired of like trading lists and affiliate content. For me, it was just exhausting. I felt I felt like, amen, amen. And I didn't. And amen, I didn't. Amen. I felt exactly the same way. And I didn't also res, like respect or uh, align with some of the the content of other courses and how yep. they did business. I'm yep. saying it was like right or wrong. I just didn't align with it. Yeah. It's not where I wanted to grow into. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't want to promote anyone else. Yeah. You know. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. And so I sold my company to him. I moved to LA for a girl that I fell for. Mm. I was living in New York City at the time. Okay. I moved to New York City, fell for a girl, moved here for her. Uh, we broke up very quickly. Okay. And I was kind of going through another phase of my life of like, who am I? Yes, because so before, right, athlete, uh -huh. then it's to now transition to kind of internet marketer, right? Yeah, and, and then from making me money, got to me a certain level. Yes, a level. Like, oh, that's not what I want. Yes, yes. But at least you're not living on assistance. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I had some money, but yes. I was like, I'm not fulfilled anymore. Yeah. Like it was fun to chase this money and to yeah. build this thing yeah. and become known as this guy. Yeah. But this money is not fulfilling me anymore. Because it's interesting, because when I observe your journey, even from like an outside perspective uh -huh. on LinkedIn, it's like, oh, how come like Lewis just like kind of changes yeah like mm, that's interesting because mm -hmm. that's a because i could see it from a marketing branding yeah. perspective oh that's it's more into mainstream um, i would call the self-growth self-development right mm -hmm. but that's like at first of all linkedin to this like what what is going on but people now i didn't understand it now, I did, like now i'm not clear like and people thought i was crazy yeah why would you something that was making so much money yeah they thought i was crazy yeah like you built this brand everyone knows you as this guy yeah but for some reason, I just knew I wanted something different in my life. I wanted yes. I was not built to be the LinkedIn marketing guy for my life. Yeah, it's not my mission. Yeah, and I moved here and kind of had another identity crisis. I was in this relationship; mm -hmm. it ended, and I kind of felt like lots of things were ending in my life. Like this business partnership ended right then. The relationship mm -hmm. ended right then. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do with my future anymore. Mm. And I started to get uh, in a lot of arguments with people. I mm. started to argue with people. I got in a fight on the basketball court right there on the street here, mm. which kind of woke me up to being like, what am I doing? Why am I reactive? Just a lot of uh, kind of uh, aggression. Of aggression. Yeah. You know, as a football player, I had a safe way to like legally hurt people. Yeah. Now I can't get my aggression out in yeah. a safe, maybe in martial arts, you have like a safe environment <laughs> yes. to like be aggressive. Yes. When you lose that, yeah, and that's that energy is still inside yeah. of you, and you yeah. haven't healed certain things in your yeah. past. Yeah, I'm sure you're aware of this. It's yeah. like it comes out somewhere. Yeah, and triggers. Triggers. Can, so I remember, I remember driving down the street one day, and I pulled up to like a stop sign, and instead of looking right, I looked left first. I usually look left to see if the car's coming, and I think I pulled up too too fast. And there was a runner who came, and I was in his way, and so he had to stop. And he couldn't keep running past me, right? And he punched the back of my car. Oh. Trigger. I felt like this is a personal attack against me. Yeah. I chased the guy in my car. Like, he kept running. He did, like, an FU or something, flipped yeah. me off. I, like, went in my car, squealed out yeah. after the guy yeah. for about 10 minutes. Yeah. He would turn. I would turn. He turned around because he saw me chasing him. I, you turned and stopped traffic. Yeah. And it was just stupid, man. Yeah. I literally got out of my car and started chasing this guy. Oh, wow. It was that triggered. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking that this is just who I am. Mm. Until I got in a, a fight on a basketball court where I reacted to a guy. He, he headbutted me. 
and I reacted to him and I and I got a really big fight mm. physical fight you know blood everywhere on the mm. ground everything mm. and my friend said to me who was with me at the time he goes I don't hang out with you anymore and that was a big turning point for me I was like my best friend that I know for over a decade doesn't want to spend time with mm. me doesn't like who you're becoming yeah yeah he was like I don't like who you are in this instance mm -hmm. You're so reactive. You're so frustrated. Now, I was a loving, friendly, happy guy mm. until you triggered me. Mm. Then it was like I couldn't control mm. the frustration, the, the rage, anger, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And I started to um, I started to do a lot of work on myself during that time. I asked myself, what do I want to do? So this is 2000... Six and a half, okay. seven years ago. Seven years ago, okay. 2012, 13, yeah. 13, yeah. So I remember saying like, who do I want to be? What do I want to do in my life, personal life, business, everything? And I was like, man, I really want to develop a school of my own. Mm. A school of all the things I was never taught growing mm. up that yes. I need to know. Yes. Because I wish they would have taught me certain things that I learned in sports, certain right. things that these mentors have taught me. Yeah. And certain things that I need to know about how to overcome these emotions. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna call it like the school. And I was in traffic. I was driving in traffic during this time, stuck in traffic, triggered yes. by other people around me. And I was like, something yes. needs to shift. Yes. And I want to create something to help myself, but also help everyone else who feels stuck like me, mm. stuck in traffic or life. Mm. And I was just like, school of I don't know, school of like greatness. Like I just want to be great. Yes. And it's almost like you you you're building a school for others, but also almost building a school for yourself at the always, same time. It's, it's like a self yeah. yeah, healing, yeah. It's, Everything. It's, mm. And it's funny if people follow my journey over the last six and a half years, I usually bring people on that I need to work on the most. Yeah. And I'll ask the questions for me, but also yeah. for everyone yes. else listening. Yes. And I said, Okay, <clears throat> I called two friends who had a podcast. I was yeah. in the car. Yeah. I called two friends during that car ride yeah. who I knew had a podcast and asked them what is this podcasting thing? This is before podcasting was a thing. Yeah. And this is when it was like just a couple tech podcasts, you know, six, seven years ago, yeah. right? And both of them were like, it's my most favorite thing to do. I get the best leads for my business. Yeah. And it's just, I have so much fun doing it. Yes. I was like, these guys can do this. I could figure it out. Yeah. I've never done this before, but yes. I can figure it they out. They can talk to people. You can come My whole life I've been observing and mm. interviewing people. Yeah. Just not recording it. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I'm going to launch this thing. It's going to be called School of Greatness. And everyone said, you're crazy. You can't do a podcast that's like personal development, asking about relationships and that, and business yeah. and uh, mindset. Yeah, because you need philosophy. a niche. You need, you need a, a niche. niche. Yeah. And this is what I would teach as well. Yeah, yeah right? you need My a stuff. niche, man. Yeah. <laughs> everyone was like, no, you need to do like the entrepreneur show or like an online marketing show. That's what you're great yeah. at. A LinkedIn show. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They were like, you need to do online marketing. Yeah. You can't do this like broad thing it's not gonna work everyone yeah. told me it's not gonna work yeah and I go I really don't even care if I make money yeah like it doesn't matter to me it's just something I believe in and I think like people are gonna so listen. you want to talk to people you want to talk to that's it yeah I just want to talk to people I want to talk yeah. to I do the same thing. some might be billionaires some yeah. might be like spiritual teachers yes. but it, like I didn't care yes and they uh, and my friends were like yeah I don't think it's the right move man like it's a cool name but yeah. I just don't think it's gonna work yeah because then you, you, you confuse your audience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that. And I said, I'm going to do it for a year, and I'm, I don't want to make money the first year. I don't yeah. want to try to make money. I don't want to yeah. think about money. Yeah. I just want to do something that I love. Yeah. I want to help myself, and I'll help other people. Yeah. And it took off, man. Yeah, it took off. Like, in the first year, 
You remember it, how many downloads you got the first yeah, year? Yeah, it, it took off in the sense of it was well received. It only got 750,000 downloads. But the reputation. In the year. Mm -hmm. right? The reputation you built. Yes. It didn't even get a million downloads the first year. Mm. I think this is what people need to be aware of. My whole first year of podcasting didn't even hit a million downloads. Yeah. Second year was only 3 million downloads. Mm. Stupid. Yeah. It's nice, but it, it wasn't like boom overnight. It was like this huge success. Yeah. But people loved it, and the impact and the results they were getting in their life was amazing. Yeah. And I was loving it. Yeah. And so my passion is what kept this alive for six and a half years, over yes. 800 episodes. Yes. And it's just consistency. I have no techniques. I have no strategy for like growth. How, how, how to hack the There's no way. Yeah, I've podcast. tried to figure it out. Yeah. I've tried to interview people. I've tried to ask people. I've yes. tried to. What, what a concept. Just, just do love what you do it do it well yeah you know we do it three times a week yeah. you do something consistently enough for many years eventually you're going to rise when top. did you start monetizing the, the podcast i started within like second year a little bit a little bit sponsors started Spon coming to sponsors me, yeah and i was rejecting a lot of them yeah because i was like eh, it doesn't feel right it yeah. doesn't feel aligned to the brand yeah and i don't need the money yeah it wasn't really until two years ago when i started to really monetize it okay so four and a half years in. Yeah. When I said, all right, let's turn it on. Yeah. I was taking some money here and there and I was using it as a tool to promote my book that I came out with, mm -hmm. my courses, mm -hmm. my membership, my, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So it was a tool to promote things I had in my business. Yeah. But I didn't turn on sponsorships about it until about two years ago. Mm. But now it's like full steam ahead, man. Yes. What, what, what does your company uh, look like now with your personal brand? Yeah. I also want to ask, ask you to be able a personal brand. Like, what does that look like right now? So you the podcast. The goal is, yeah, I mean, if we got the podcast, if we're talking about mechanically, I've got mm -hmm. the podcast, which is kind of the main hub for everything. That's the engine. Yeah. That's the engine. Mm -hmm. And then I say, like, the email list and the social media channels are, like, as we're connecting people to the engine. Yes. That's the way to deliver it with yep. my internal stuff. Yeah. Well, along with press and then fans promoting it to their fans mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, we've got our membership site. We've got our mastermind, so a $50 a month membership site, $50,000 a year mastermind yep. for other seven-figure influencers. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> I used to have a lot of courses. We got rid of them all because mm. I did it for so long, almost nine years. I had courses, probably over 15 different courses. For me, I just kind of get tired of doing courses. Mm. I'd rather have people in a membership. Yeah. So I transition from courses to membership. membership. Just try to make it cleaner. Membership, mastermind, mastermind yeah. books, books, event, one of yes. a year. Yes. Do you find that the membership, uh, that's more for the mass yeah. audience, right? People who want, maybe they don't, they're not ready for their 50K mastermind, mm -hmm. but they can at least have, uh, invest this, in themselves yeah. $50 for membership, right? That's it, yeah. That's awesome. And then, this, uh, and then the podcast is a big business and sponsorship alone. Yes. So that's one of the main engines. Got is it. Is the podcast and sponsorship. Got it. And over the years, how has, because what's your take on personal brand? Because then you shift, right, from LinkedIn into the marketing to, because you and I went through something very similar. And so I'm curious uh, your transition thoughts. Transition from one brand to a different brand. That from from an internet marketing, because I don't want to be internet no, marketing. I, I mean, I started online back in 2004, <clears throat> right? So I was actually talking with Mark Jordan about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with my, Mark was on my show. Ryan Dice was on my show. We're just talking about some of these concepts that that's good, but that's not where I want to be. Yeah. It's the same thing. A lot right. of money to be made in their marketing. It's yeah. a great business. Yeah. I, nothing wrong with it. It's just. Yeah. I think the, I those know. are money makers. I don't think they're actually real businesses from my perspective. Yeah. Right? And also for me, mass credibility is important. Yeah. Mainstream credibility is important. Yeah. 
because uh, I think that's when you can really influence people. Yeah, and, and impact and, a lot of people. And I noticed that, I'm not going to say their names, I think they're all great guys, yeah. but a lot of these guys who are successful in internet marketing, Oprah, Ellen, GMA, Today Show, none of them were being called to be on the shows. Yeah. And I was like, if I want to impact the country and the world, I need all the big press to say, man, there's something about this guy mm. or his mission or his message that we like. We mm. got to have him on. Yeah. And I remember when I was on my sister's couch thinking like, I got to, someday I want to be on Ellen. Yeah. I want to be dancing with I Ellen. Saw, I saw it. I yeah, saw yeah, it. I, I saw it. I want to be dancing yeah, with Ellen. I saw it. And I was just like, it's not going to be teaching LinkedIn. Yeah. It's not going to be being an affiliate marketer. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it's just too niche. Hacking the internet. Yeah. It's yeah, just not yeah, it. Yeah. How to build an email list. Yeah. That's it. And I was just like, I need to build something that is building a movement and transforming lives. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it be spiritually, financially, health-wise, like mm -hmm. it's got to be a bigger transformation mm -hmm. than just how to make money. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, gosh, how do I do this? And whenever an internet marketer was doing courses and just coaching by itself, I said, okay, I'm going to keep doing that because I want to generate revenue. But I'm going to build this podcast into a mainstream brand. How do I do that? Mm. I can't talk just about money. I need to bring on celebrities. I need to bring on thought leaders. I need mm. to bring on billionaires. Uh, bigger society, global Mainstream issues. people. Yeah. I need to interview them, not just the internet marketing celebrities, yeah. which everyone else was doing that I knew. Yeah. I was like, I can make a lot of money doing this. Yeah. But I need to forego money and do whatever I can to build relationship equity yeah. to get these people to come on my show, to trust me to tell their story. Yeah. Through association, yeah. I'm going to become that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You become who you hang out with. Yeah. You become those people that you're surrounded with the yeah. most. Yeah. And so people just started to say, well, I was in those conversations. Mm. Everyone just be like, do you know Lewis House? Do you know yeah. Lewis House? Like, Lewis is a cool guy. Like, yeah. Day, yeah. Man, he's with this person, with this person. Like, it was a great interview. Yeah. Man, this Lewis House guy. Yeah. You just become associated with that crowd. Yeah. Mainstream, celebrity, credible, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. If you interview all world-class athletes, you become known as world-class. Yes. And then I said, I need to, okay, the podcast was a great foundation, but it's not enough. Like, mm. podcasting didn't have a big enough name mm. still. Yeah. Six years ago. Five years ago. Not yeah. until really a year ago. Yeah. says, so well, what can I do? I need to write a book. Everyone who's credible... And this is my second book. The first book, I was like, I need to write a book. It's a great book, by the way. Thank you. It's a great book. I go, I need to write a book. <clears throat> and everyone was talking about self-publishing, you know, five years ago. Yeah. And I go, it's got to be with a big traditional publisher. Yes. Because I need to go mainstream. Yeah. Because no internet marketer who writes a book gets a New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. They're yeah. not getting press. Yeah. I need mainstream press, mainstream publisher. Yeah. I need front of Barnes & Noble. Yeah. I need airports. I need what celebrities and credible TED speakers do. Yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. And I was committed to it. I went after the best agent in the world, Tim mm -hmm. Ferriss's agent, Stephen mm -hmm. Hanselman, who's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I was working on trying to get him as my agent for five years. Yeah. Until I became the person I needed to be for him to take me on. Mm -hmm. I had a vision and I was just like, I'm I remember when you did the book tour, it yeah. was intense. Yeah. I was like, he I didn't do everything that a celebrity would do. Everything <clears throat> that a New York Times bestselling author yeah. would do. What do they do? Yes. They do big book tours. Yes. They have other celebrities 
photos of the book posting yeah. them. I remember after the book too, I think I was listening to, I think you maybe you on a show or something like that. You're like, oh my, that's a, that's a, that's a long, yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot of work. Like, oh man, that was so much energy. Yeah. But I was like, this is a moment in time that I have yeah. to, to make a, a, to make something special happen. Yeah. You can't write a book every year yeah. and have a chance to get the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. Unless that's all you're doing as a writer. Yeah. But I was like, I need my first book to make a splash. Yeah. And there's a moment where I can call in every favor from every guest I've had on. Because yeah. I never asked them for anything. Yeah. It's where I can ask for every favor, email every journalist that I've ever talked to. Yeah. Uh, all my affiliate marketing contacts, everyone. Yeah. To promote one thing yeah. for one week. For well, one week, yeah. And give myself a chance. Yeah. It was in the front of all the Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. Because I built a relationship with the yeah. Barnes and Noble team. Yeah. I was in magazines, I was on TV, I was on everyone's email list, mm. every podcast, mm. all social media. I was omnipresent yes. for a couple of weeks. Yes. And I remember when I got the phone call from my agent congratulating me that I hit uh, number three in the New York Times bestseller yeah. list in the first week. I was yes. just like, it's kind of like this, like, oh my gosh, we put all this energy. Even if we didn't hit it, I would have been disappointed if we didn't hit it, but I was like, you know what? We went all in mm. and it worked. Mm. Yeah. And I knew that just having New York Times bestseller next to my name as an author would be another bump yeah. in credibility. Yeah. Another bump towards mainstream. Yes. Another bump towards mass audience reach. Yeah. So I do things very intentionally that are very challenging yeah. to do yeah. in order to give myself that. Yeah. Doing the podcast three times a week for six and a half years is challenging to do for people. Most people would not do that. They and to build not. relationships with people for years before yeah. they come on yeah. is not fun. Yeah. To write a book and think of it as a New York Times bestseller, not as a money maker, yeah. but as a mainstream book. Yeah. It's counterintuitive to my marketing roots. Yeah, right? totally, like, I get what it. What can I do as a funnel to have yeah. a back end? Yeah. No, what yeah. can I do that's gonna change humanity? Yeah, and that's why I'm launching my new book is exactly the same. Exactly. Exactly the same. Then I said, okay, What's the next phase? I yeah. need a talk show. Yeah. So last year I did a, the first talk show for Facebook Watch. Yes. They came out with a new platform. We launched their first ever talk show. And that was another bump. It's yes. like getting credibility, getting press, yes. getting all this, this attention. Then I was like, you know what? What else do I want to do that's challenging that people aren't willing to do because it takes time, money, and energy? I love, I love the way you're thinking about it because I, I have people ask me all the time, like let's say they see my YouTube channel yeah. blew up, right? Said, What's the secret? What's the secret sauce? How do you yeah, yeah, yeah. trick the algorithm? I said, one video a day. That's it, man. People aren't willing to do it. Said, what, what do you mean one video a day? Yeah, one video a day for like three, four years. 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 If you're not gonna, like don't think months, don't think weeks, no, years. years. And then it's not gonna take off until year four, you know? Yeah. You might not get the views you want. And you may not even take off in the year four, right? And also there's so many factors. That's it. When so people listen to that, like, I, I'm uh, not, I, I, I wanna run some ads, I, I wanna get paid in the next like. Uh, simple stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, what's the next thing? I'm gonna do a documentary. like. It's hard to do a documentary. Yes. It's hard to do. And you just finished. Just finished. Just it. finished. Yeah. I've never I'm chasing not, greatness. Chasing think. greatness. Yeah, chasing greatness. I'm not a filmmaker. I didn't go to film school. I have no clue what I'm doing. Yes. But I find the right teams. Yes. I put it in place. Yes. I do the time and. And it's just a great piece to share your story. It's a piece of art. Yeah, and it's evergreen. You can it's share evergreen. with yeah, share with the world. It. It's a legacy piece. Yeah. So I'm always thinking of doing things. I also am very intentional about my design and branding. Yes. I think a lot of marketers miss out on. Yeah. Where I invested in my. I went to Iceland four years ago just to do a photo shoot for my website. It's been five days, all this time, all this money. Yes. 
hiring a celebrity photographer, yes. you know, uh, everything, just to be able to say, I want photos that look different than everyone else online. Yes. I want to stand yes. in a unique position, yes. and not just look like every internet marketer. Yes. So I'm very intentional about like, what do mainstream people do? Yes. I'm doing that. I'm not doing what internet marketers do. Yes. I'm using internet marketing principles. Yes. So that I can make money and run a business. Yes. But I'm not going to be an internet marketer, and I yes. want to be completely disassociated with that industry. Yes. So I know everyone. I still stay close with everyone. I yeah. still go to masterminds and learn. Yeah. But it's how can I apply mass uh, media. mainstream media strategies, branding, yeah. um, mission, vision, and apply it to what I'm doing. Mm. And that's something I'm always thinking about: is how can I be different? Because as Sally Hogshead says, "Different is better than better." Mm, very, very true. Very true. So, what's next for you? What's the next step? What's your vision for the next maybe couple of years? In terms of your brand, or even just personally? I think my mission from the beginning of the podcast is to impact 100 million people a week to help mm. them live a better life mm. in different areas of their life. And we just crossed 100 million downloads. It took six years. Yes. To get 100 million. Congrats, by the way. Thank Congrats, you. man. Thank Boom. you, man. Thank you, man. That's like that's that's. <laughs> That's an accomplishment. It's so. fun. Yeah. It's fun. So the goal now is how do we do 100 million downloads in a year? Yeah. Then in a month. Yeah. Then in a week. Yes. And then every week. And then every week. So that's the goal. It's it's continuing to do what I'm doing now mm. on a more scalable mm. level. Yes. So who do I need to become in order to reach 100 million people? Yes. And that's why the PR, the mainstream, the press. Who do I? What do I need to learn still? What what fears do I need to overcome? What skills? Mm. What's who do I need to meet still? What distribution? Um, you were talking about some sites that you, you acquired. I'm not sure if it's yeah. public information now, yeah. but I've got greatness.com that we're looking to build the the, the, ma the mainstream media site of inspiration and mm. personal growth. Mm. You know, so it's figuring out, I've never done something like this. It's going to be I, like a Netflix kind of for that? or like I think it's know. always going to be evolving. It's going to be you know a content engine, so written articles, audio, yes. video. Yeah, and, that, and then that's series. one thing that about, that's a domain name, that's, that's mainstream. Mainstream. And so I spent a that's ton of mainstream. money to buy a word yep. that I've had for two years that I haven't done anything with. That's mainstream. Yep. Right? It's a ton of money, yep. it's a lot of energy, but it's yep. greatness.com. It's yep. Uh, InternetMarketingSecrets.com. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, it's like yeah, a yeah. word that Apple News will put on your newsfeed. Yeah. And that's the goal. Yeah. How do you go more mainstream and yeah. reach a broad audience? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm still have no clue what I'm doing yes. on a lot of things. Yes. But I find people like you, and I'll ask questions. Yes. I learn from smart mentors who've already done stuff. Yes. I think that's the key. It's fine. You know, when people watch your show and they listen to you and you read your books and they go to your events. They learn a skill that they can apply and instantly get results. Yeah. And that's what I need to do more of for myself. Yeah. And I'm sure you're doing it yeah. at a certain level as well. Yeah. And, and I feel, I, I see, feel the same. I feel like now because you have the influence, mm -hmm. it's even more responsibility. So much. to Because before, oh, I'm talking to this small group of people. Now, what you say actually matters to a lot of people, right? And how it, I it, show it shapes, up. Yeah, it shapes the industry, everything. right? And yeah. listen, I'm not... Uh, some perfect human being here so I make mistakes like a lot of people yeah, and, and how I handle my mistakes yes. and talk about them mm -hmm. is also a big responsibility yes. how I take responsibility for my actions for my mess ups for my mistakes how I've hurt people like I'm not a perfect person yeah. and I think that's important for me as well is to constantly take ownership and responsibility for everything continue to live uh, 
from a loving place and continue to learn and grow. You talk about responsibility, you know, not to like plug this book or anything. Yes. But this book was something that I felt like as I started to heal from my past on this journey of self-discovery. Right. And let go of a lot of the anger and resentment I was holding on to as a child yep. from being sexually abused and a lot yep. of other stuff. I realized like, wow, there's so many other men that I know who are suffering. Mm. And I want to give them these tools that I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And I want to find the experts and learn from them and, and write about it in a book. Mm -hmm. And this book was, everyone was like, again, like they said in the podcast, they were like, don't do this book. Do a marketing book. Do a business book next. Mm -hmm. so the first book was a huge success. We've got to build a momentum. Now yeah. it's the business version. Yeah. I was like, I just don't want to talk about business. Yeah. I'd rather talk about how men can heal. Yeah. And become more vulnerable, loving, yes. caring men. Yes. And they're all like, that's a dumb business move. And I go, I don't care if it's dumb, it's needed. Yes. And I'll feel like a fraud if I do something else. Yes. Because people healing and having better relationships with yep. their partners and their children is more important to me than teaching people how to build their business. It just is. Someone else can teach it better. But because of that, that resonates with people. It, that's what's different. It's not I did the different book. thing. Yeah. I did the thing that mattered to me, that yeah. I cared about. Yeah. And, it and shows. again, it gets attention. I got tons of press. It continues to level up who I am. It's it's shifting my brand into something else. Yes. As opposed to just the podcaster. Okay, he's written the book, New York Times bestseller. Now another book about emotional intelligence with men and how to understand men mm -hmm. better. Like that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. That's completely different than a LinkedIn guy. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. So the goal is every year. You ask, what am I doing now? It's mm -hmm. like every year, how can I reinvent? Mm -hmm an idea to add depth to who I am as a personal brand mm. and to who we, who we are as a business making an impact on people. Mm -hmm. And I think if people can think of like, how can you develop yourself to reinvent every year? Mm. With, and by doing, taking risks, you know, this was risky. This is not like the smart move. It took a year of my life yes. writing it. It took yes. six months promoting it. Like it's, yeah. you lose money in other ways with yep. that energy. Yeah. But I think it adds to your uh, your character it adds to like your depth of uh, who you are as a human when you're willing to put yourself out there like yeah that. yeah I love it so the for fact that you're not just like this sales guy but you're doing martial arts you're trying other things you're always like developing yourself it brings yeah. you so much more depth than just like the high ticket sales guy yeah and it's interesting when I said I want to upload martial art videos on YouTube everyone said that's a bad idea it's the same thing no, it's exactly it's cool, the same thing because it's different it's like wow I want to learn from this guy who's like show me some stuff and then teach me the psychology about how you can apply this in your life and your yeah. business and, but just me I just do like same thing with you you just do I your put salsa dancing videos of me on there yeah like, like yeah, yeah. it's just yourself right some people resonate with that I put Iron Man stuff I feel like oh that's that's silly that's not no doesn't matter I like Iron Man stuff yeah. like what's but that actually resonate with people who that's what it is, right? Yeah. I love it. What's the best way for, of course, love listening to your podcast, yeah, but what's the best? School of Greatness, Lose House, Everywhere. House. Yeah. Got the book? Yeah. It's a really, really good book. Yeah. It's a really, really good Thank book. You, I actually, when I read the book, I was like, okay, mm, like, I was like, emotional intelligence for me, like, after a couple of chapters. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, sure. I love the book. Thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Lock and load, baby. Lock and load. That's it for today's episode of The Dan Lok Show. Head over to thedanlokshow.com and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes. You are guaranteed to expand your thinking, your network, and your network. So be sure to subscribe to the show today. 
Dan also has a gift for you. Go to www.danlockshow.com because there are bonuses when you subscribe.